presentation of Soul Sanctuary. Soul Sanctuary airs live at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on kzsm.org. The views on this program are solely those of the host and his or her guests and do not reflect those of KZSM Radio, SMTXCRA, or its governing body. Hey, everybody, you've made it to Soul Sanctuary. We're here. It's Monday. It's our new hour, so we're an hour earlier at 7. Uh, I hope that everybody who used to listen at 8 uh, got the memo and is now listening at 7. And then we have three replays throughout the week. One is really early sun, one, one's at 10 o'clock at night, and then one's early Thursday, and then one's early on Sunday. So you can listen to it other times, but hopefully you'll join me here at seven on Monday. So I know like what kind of impact, like how far the show is getting and that kind of thing. I'm going to try to move my phone over because I'm doing a live and I don't think people can see. I don't know how to help that. I don't know if I can help that. Anyway, so we are going to be talking about relationships today. I'm putting it back where it was. We're going to be talking about relationships today. And, uh, and I'm starting a series on relationships because uh, a couple of friends and actually a couple of clients asked that I talk about relationships and kind of how to get a good one going. I get a lot of tarot questions about um, where is my someone? Am I going to fall in love? Am I ever going to get over this last guy? And so there's a lot of relationship questions. And so I thought it would be a good idea to kind of do that as a general topic. And if you'd like to call in and discuss relationships with me, the number here is 512-986-9430. If you're watching on Facebook, please go to kzsm.org and listen there as well. Um, um, I think it's frozen on Facebook. Sorry if it's frozen. I can't I can't deal with that now. Okay. <laughs> So in this episode, we're going to talk about pre-relationships. So if you're not currently in a relationship, or even if you are in a relationship right now, it's a good idea to kind of look at these different aspects and see where you are and how you line up before you get yourself into a situation that's a little bit more sticky to get out of. So the first thing we're going to talk about is it's pre-relationships is what I said. And if you go to um, the the Soul Sanctuary page on Facebook, there's actually a link to the PowerPoint that I'm using that has the notes in here. And there's a couple of different words and stuff that you might actually want notes on. And so you're welcome to go get that either now or after the show. So the first thing we're going to talk about, we're talking about pre-relationships. It's kind of like kind of assessing where you are and where your, your tribe is and where your family is and what you need to work on and what you need to heal. And in doing that, the first thing that comes to mind is crows. You have to be able to identify and eradicate crows from your life. And we'll talk about what a crow is. I actually looked it up on the Urban Dictionary because I wasn't sure where I heard it from. I know I got it from somewhere. I didn't make it up. But I thought it was from the crows on the Wiz, the ones that were messing with Michael Jackson. Do you remember? And they were, like, trying to get him to uh, – they were, they were basically negative influences and kind of kept him where he was. He was the straw man. And then – when he, um, when um, Diana Ross came around, she saved him, and then he went away. But the crows were the ones that were kind of keeping him down, and so that's 
basically what I mean by crows. It's someone who kind of prevents your growth for whatever reason. So when I, in the notes, what I put, and also um, the, the definition I got from the Urban Dictionary, um, I put that it's uh, an emotional vampire or like a psychic vampire. So if you've ever been in a conversation with someone and you walk away feeling absolutely exhausted and that they've actually taken some of your life force, that's what happens. It's true. They can. People can. And it's important that we kind of learn how to protect our chi and our life force so that people aren't running around taking it from us. The Urban Dictionary uh, definition of crow, it says, one who cannot hang at a party, falls asleep or pukes before the party reaches its climax. Um, Also called crow show. Origin, South Carolina, I guess. So that's I guess tangent to what I believe. I mean, I guess a grow could do that, but I think my definition has more to do with kind of the psychopathic kind of uh, frenemy kind of uh, energy that you can get uh, from different people. So that's what I mean. And then it's important to understand that the level that you're advancing to in life is directly proportional to the level of crows that you are going to attract. Uh, The more brilliant you shine and the more that you glow, the more you're going to attract attention. And that means negative and positive. So, yeah, you'll get what you want. You get everything that you're asking for. You're always getting everything that you're asking for. But that's another show. You'll get everything that you're asking for, but you're also going to attract some negative attention. And so it's important to understand and get to comfortable with handling conflict that comes up with, uh, you know, or living a certain standard in life you're going to be living a certain standard in life. Hopefully you've raised your standards and you want to do more than you're doing currently. And in order to do that, you would need to uh, advance and you're going to attract what I'm saying. You're going to attract a little bit of negative energy too. And that's okay. That's just to test your resolve. And that's good. You need your resolve tested. If you are in a situation where you don't think that you could be tested, then you're not ready for whatever (laughs) whatever that situation is, right? Hi, everybody joining on Facebook. You can go to kzsm.org to stream this live as well. Okay, guys, so we got through kind of the crow, the beginning of the crow universe and what a crow is. They're they're actually my very favorite topic because it's really interesting how many situations we can get ourselves in by walking around not being conscious, not paying attention to what's happening, what kind of people we're letting around us, what kind of people we're letting around our man or our kids, and then it's like three weeks later and you find yourself in a situation that's really difficult to get out of. I think everything's fixable. So I won't say it's something that, you know, that you're going to die from, but you can avoid a lot of wasted energy. If you like simply go ahead and kind of pay attention as people are coming in, all those feelings in your stomach that you get around people, pay attention. Your intuition isn't here to hurt you. It's here to help you. And you know who those people are. You know that friend that never calls you, that you always call them. And when you do, it's a big deal for them to come out with you. Is that the energy that you want to tell the universe that you want? Is that what you want to say that you're asking for? Maybe raise your standards. Maybe start interacting with the friends that interact with you. Start meeting people where they meet you. T.D. Jakes does a great sermon on giraffe people and elephant people, I believe he calls it. And he's talking about expecting too much from people who do not have the capacity to give it to you or expecting people to have a perspective that they do not have the capacity to have because they're just not that type of person. And so that doesn't make them right and you wrong or you right and them wrong. That means it's not a match. 
And so you move along. You go do something else, right? You figure something else out. So that's pretty much what you're kind of doing when you're eradicating the crows in your life and you're getting more of the uh, more of the kind of balanced relationships, which is healthy and what I think we should all be reaching for. So there's a such thing called unintentional crowery. What is unintentional crowery? It's where somebody is accidentally a crow. You know how sometimes people are accidentally racist? It happens a lot here in Texas. And I like to say accidental because that way I don't have to put the blame on the other person. It become a whole other situation. I just think it's the culture kind of allows for it. And so it slips out every once in a while. All you got to do is correct it and keep on moving. Nobody has to die, I've learned. So, <laughs> but let me just point out what some of those micro, what, what some of those things are. So, unintentional crowry, microaggressions, like everyday violations. And if you look at the notes that I have, it's a picture of uh, a white hand touching black hair because that's a microaggression. We have such a problem with people coming up and asking us if they can touch our hair or what is our hair or how do we get our hair to look like that. Like for some reason, uh, my gender and race are very protective of whatever situation is going on on top of our head. And uh, it's interesting the kind of conversations that start when, when you have people of different races <laughs> asking to touch and be involved with and want to know your whole process and what's going on and what's that and where's that from and how long did that take and stuff. I mean, I think it's rude to ask, uh, but I'm not offended by it. I know that there's some people that go through a lot of drama when that happens. So that kind of thing. Microaggressions are a type of unintentional crowry. So some stranger can come up and turn into a crow because... They came at you the wrong way. Uh, one of the four agreements is to not take anything personally. And it was the most difficult for one for me to study. Uh, I did a study group with it last year. And I'm, I still kind of do have kind of some reservations around not taking everything personally. But that is a really good place to start when you want to start building the kind of relationship with yourself and with others uh, that you can support, that you can hold on to long term. So the next thing after the microaggressions, unintentional crowry is frenemies. It's so important to identify and er eradicate your frenemies. The people who do not enhance your glow when you're around them. I understand people go through things. I understand that people have issues. But if you've been dealing with the same person for six years and at no time has that person added to the quality of your life in a positive way, consider what you're doing with your energy. Just consider what you're doing with it. It doesn't mean anybody has to be brutalized. There has to be a coming to Jesus, a big old long drawn out conversation about it. But just consider if that action allows you to attract the kind of relationship that you want. Because at every moment you're communicating with the universe what you want, what your standards are, what you'll accept, and what's okay with you. And so if you are accepting this kind of hold this kind of relationship where it's completely unbalanced and you're doing everything and the other person's not doing anything and that's what you're calling a relationship that's what you'll get more of so once you get tired of it once you get tired of being the one that always calls or one that always offers to watch the kids or get the kids together once you get tired of being an initiator and you want to start attracting people who will be balanced with you uh, then that's when that happens but you got to remember, like, at all times you're communicating with the universe, this is what I want, this is what I accept, this is what I want, this is what I accept. So it's important, and it's important for your self-image, too, that you only want and accept things that are in line with your spirit. 
So this whole frenemies thing, I know it's fun to have people to hang out with and go to the bar with, but when you need somebody to pull you on your stuff and tell you that you're wrong, you know, you need somebody who's strong enough to be able to tell you that you're wrong. And having a life full of minions instead of full of friends, you just miss out on so much enhancement. You know, like you always need that one, at least one person who, who can talk to you. I know most people have at least that one person, whenever they say something, they'll stop and listen. One of the things they used to say in the South is, can't nobody tell you nothing. That's a bad thing. If nobody can tell you anything, that's a bad thing. That means you're so conceited. You're so convinced that you're right. You're so in love with your opinion. You can't even listen to anybody else's perspective. And that's seen as a bad thing in that community. And I think it should be. So we're going to get into the last thing uh, of this topic. Oh, my battery is dying, so I'm not going to be on live too much longer, guys. But you can come to KZSM.org and listen to the rest of the show if you'd like to. Uh, that's going to die in a second. But perfectionism. So we talked about microaggressions. That's coming from like strangers usually who come up on you wrong. Frenemies, those people who you allow into your circle who do not belong to be there because the quality of their vibration isn't high enough for you. And that's a thing. And then perfectionism. So perfectionism to all my Virgos out there. I'm so sorry. And my Capricorns. Hi, (laughs) y'all. A couple of the Gemini. We're just coming into Gemini season. Uh, a couple of you guys, and then there's some Sagittarius that have some perfectionist issues, and there's one more. I can't think of what the uh, the last one is. I'll put it on my page when I when I remember it. I'll look it up. Perfectionism. If you are so tied to a very specific vision of something, and you're really tied to the outcome looking exactly the way that you've imagined it, you can miss so many opportunities, and that's when you're self-crowing. That's when you're in your own way, as my dad says. You don't want to get in your own way. And that means that you have to know when it's good enough to put it out there. Uh, I listened to a CD about making millions of dollars several years ago when I lived back in Delaware. And it said that when you take a product, take it out to market when it's at a C, like it was A, B, C, D grading schedule, like in school. When it's at the level C, that's when you take it out to market. And then you adjust the product based on how the market responds. And it's such an awesome idea because if you know that you only have to have your thing up to level C before you take it out, Doesn't that free you up so you don't have to wait for perfection because you don't want perfection? And the cool thing about knowing that it's a level C when you put it out is that when you have to adjust it for the market, it's so cool because you can without being too tied to the finished product because you know it's only a rough draft in the first place. So there's so much really good knowledge in there and that is like the opposite of perfectionism. That's where if you have that kind of tendency to be a perfectionist, you want to get your mind to start practicing putting stuff out at, uh, at a level C and see what happens. Okay, so we're about to roll into our first break. Um, and I'm going to read, it looks like I have a question. And so I'm going to uh, go and read that and I'll see you guys on the other side of the break. You like He-Man. Did you play with G.I. Joe's when you were younger? Used to collect Garbage Pail Kid cards? That means you've got style. Style Wars, Saturday on KZSM Community Radio. You're listening to KZSM.org. This is The Wiz. Final Confessions coming to you every Monday night. New time, 10 o'clock until midnight. We still play all the best of vinyl records that we find every week just for you. All those scratches, hisses, and pops 
to tell you it's legitimate vinyl. You can hear it every week, kzsm.org. Thanks for tuning in. This is Rebecca Dahl, flower child and host of the Rainbow Flower Power Hour on KZSM San Marcos Community Radio. Folk, psychedelic rock, and pop from the flower power era to current indie rock and a little talk bringing those ideas of peace and love into our times. Tuesdays, 6 to 8 on kzsm.org. Power to the peaceful. You know the six most dangerous foods in the grocery store? Join me, Granny Good Food, Tuesdays, 12 to 2, as I teach you how to feel better and live longer just by making better choices, like tossing out those TV dinners, right here on kzsm.org. That's that Granny Good Foods. She's a really neat lady. She's got so much information about how to shop more healthy for your family and and, uh, kind of get the GMOs out of your uh, fridge. Okay, so we just went through unintentional crory, right? And so, uh, and like uh, I was saying before, if you want to get to the notes on what I'm talking about, it's actually on Facebook, on um, the Facebook Soul Sanctuary KZSM page. That's where it is. Okay, so now getting through kind of some information on crows. And the, the study of crows is long and deep. We could talk about that only for the entire show, but it gets kind of boring I think after a while when you're just talking about what the problem is instead of how to fix it or what you can do to affect change that you can use in your life I'd like to give you some practical tools some things that you can go out and use today and tonight and that kind of thing so after we talk about pre-relationships so that's before you get into a romantic relationship if you have some time between them here's the kind of things you want to sort out you want to sort out your perfectionism make sure that you're doing everything that you can to actualize yourself You want to sort out your frenemies and get people who have that negative kind of intention for you or that negative energy or just whatever. If for whatever reason they are sucking the juice out of you, then what you need to do is get around someone else and get that kind of energy out of your life. And then what was it? Perfectionism, uh, the frenemy, and then I lost the other one. Where's that page? I'm going to get it. I'm not going to get it. I don't remember. (laughs) Go back and look at the notes. I'll listen to it later. All right. I'm moving along to whether or not you're ready for love. So this section I called ready for love because a lot of people who come and ask questions about, is he here? You know, where, or is she here? When am I going to fall in love? When am I going to get married? And that kind of thing are not anywhere near ready to get married because there's so much about themselves that they need to work on and get worked out. First of all, If you have large, gaping mommy or daddy issues, you really want to go get some help with that before you get into a relationship. And remember that relationships are a reflection of how you feel about yourself. So the degree to which you have a good self-image is the degree to which you will attract someone who you'll probably be able to build and grow with. The degree to which you have a bad self-image is the degree to which you'll attract someone that will probably, in whatever way you're comfortable with, tear you down so that you can't grow. And it's just a slow poison. It's kind of just bleeding out on the vine until you have no more energy and you no longer exist. And that's really hard to come back from. You can, it's just really hard to. So instead of putting yourself through that, by the way, the other person has to go through it too. 
you could just make sure that you're ready for what it takes to kind of be in a committed relationship, right? And so the first thing is uh, that you want to, it's a checklist. There's only three things on it. The first thing is, are you reasonably satisfied with yourself? Are you reasonably satisfied? We live in a society that has us off balance at all times and always questioning how we look and feel and makes one of the most talented people I've ever seen bleach his skin to where he's unrecognizable and contort his face in a way that's crazy. Michael Jackson was beautiful. But even with all that talent, uh, he got this weird self-image going and then started hacking away at himself and that kind of thing can happen. And if it can happen to somebody that talented, um, who understood his talent as much as he did, then I think we're all kind of vulnerable to it. And so it's important to work on getting to a place where you are reasonably satisfied with yourself. I have a self-esteem spread that I do um, with tarot. And it goes through and looks at six different aspects of your self-esteem and kind of assesses them. And that's something that you could do. Um, you, I think you could probably look something similar up on Pinterest, like just like a self-esteem spread. And then you can see where the more challenging cards come up. And then just work on the low-hanging fruit. The cool thing about developing and changing and maturing is you don't have to fix everything. I'm not saying you don't have to fix everything all at once. You don't have to fix everything. If you will address the low-hanging fruit, the stuff that keeps you up at night, the stuff that's really obvious, then some of the smaller things that are affected will automatically be taken care of. You don't have to go in and specifically dig out every individual splinter. Like it's, it's really cool the way that that works. It's cool that, you know, in kind of the emotional and the mental body, you don't have to address every little individual thing because I believe the way it's constructed is kind of like a tree. And so if you cut down close enough to the trunk, everything that branched out from that cancerous or that, that toxic thought or whatever it is that you're fixing or healing, wh once you get that taken care of, everything that's attached to you either you know, at least starts to release or you start recognizing, oh, so that's why I do this. And that's why I do this. And you start recognizing all these places where this one lie or this one unhelpful belief has affected you in your life and you can start fixing those things. It's not an overnight process, but I believe that having energy and awareness going towards your healing yourself is so good for you that the benefits are immeasurable. I really do believe that if your prime directive for at least part of your day is to heal your broken pieces so that you can contribute back to society, man, I think that's I think that's a blessing in and of itself, and I think you get blessings from it. So, but that's Tama philosophy, which is a different show. This shows relationships. So we did. Are you reasonably satisfied with yourself? And reasonably satisfied, I mean, you'll have to leave that to your angels. What is that? Is it enough? Is it enough to visit it on someone else? Right? Is it enough to visit on somebody else? That's the question. The next thing is. Can you distinguish between egg and icing? So this comes from the analogy that I use about healthy relationship versus an unhealthy relationship. So I had a relationship where the other person was the egg in my cake. And the problem with that is it's difficult to make a cake without egg. I know my vegans know how, but just follow me on my analogy, please. So without that other person, I didn't exist. It couldn't be a cake without egg. And 
that relationship was really toxic. There was a lot of emotional abuse that went on in it and it took a long time to heal from. And then I realized what the problem was, that I can't have that other person be that essential to where I can't stand if I'm not in their presence or whatever. That attachment was too much for me. And then I realized that's why I came up with the cake analogy. I'm not comfortable with having the kind of dependence where the other person that I'm with is the egg in my cake. That's not healthy as far as I can see. I've not seen that be done healthily. (laughs) Every time I've seen that happening, there's some kind of abuse going on. So then the cool thing or the good kind of relationship or what you should be looking for and make sure that you are capable of getting or distinguishing the difference between an egg end is icing. So the icing on the cake is a nice addition. The cake is still cake, whether it has icing or not, but having the icing is nice. It's a nice option and you can pick it up or leave it down, but the cake remains the cake. And I think that is when you are whole enough and that is when you're complete enough to really visit whatever other issues that you have on another person. And I think until then, you really should stay by yourself. And while you're, you know, dating and playing the field, make sure that you're, I think you should be honest with everybody and let them all know, look, not here for that. (laughs) Don't catch feelings. There's several songs that say that for you. (laughs) I don't know why most of them are rap that I'm thinking of right now, but I'm not going to say any of them. (laughs) All right. And the last thing you're going to look at when you're saying the checklist for if you're ready for a relationship or not is, are you either meditating or journaling daily? or regularly, or consistently. I say meditating or journaling, that'll include, you know, using a labyrinth, having some kind of, going to some kind of spiritual thing on a regular basis. Uh, Yoga counts if you do that on a regular basis. Is there some way that you regularly check in with your inner voice, your inner guides, and see whether or not you're in agreement? If you don't have that practice developed in yourself, I would suggest that before you get into a long-term or committed relationship that you kind of develop that develop journaling or develop meditating or develop yoga develop time that you can spend with yourself so that you can continue to heal because it's so important to be a whole person my sister Kyla actually told me that uh, taught me that um in a relationship, one and one don't equal two. One and one equal 11. They're individuals, and then they make a new number together. And that's like one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard. Really great advice. And that's kind of the goal. That's where that balance kind of relationship is and what you want to attract. And if you're with somebody who doesn't want to be equal with you, who doesn't want to be one plus one equaling 11, and they want it to equal anything else, consider if that's where you want your energy. Consider if that's what you want to show your descendants. Consider if that's where you want to be. So that's where that part is. Um, the next thing I did was when I was talking about relationships is some of the uh, pages that I'm on in Facebook um, are like specific to tarot readers and that kind of thing. And I was talking to some of the more spiritual groups that I'm in about relationships and I asked them what cards kind of correlate with the different uh different aspects of the relationship with yourself, the relationship with other people, you know, dealing with crows and that kind of thing. And I got some really cool answers uh, with these cards. 
I can explain to you um, kind of what was the most popular one and that kind of thing on the other side of the break. Um, it's a little bit kind of much to get into before we go into break just because uh, I have to explain, you know, what, what each card means and everything. I'm assuming not everybody who listens is a tarot reader. Um, if you want to call in and talk about relationships with me, I welcome your call. I'm sure I'll find the phone shortly. <laughs> the number here is 512-986-9430. Um, uh, I think that the Facebook page is probably not doing live anymore because my phone died. But you are welcome to call in at 512-986-9430 with questions about relationships. And then on the other side, we'll talk about how they actually relate to uh, to the tarot cards. So thanks for listening to Soul Sanctuary. Hey, you know the a choice you make you can't give or you can't say you can fly 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 you can fly 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 you're listening to an encore presentation of soul sanctuary soul sanctuary airs live at 7 p.m central standard time right here on kzsm.org Experience San Marcos, you should come to the river and jump in or go downtown and take a run around to see all the local merchants. But if you want to feel San Marcos, you need to tune in on Tuesday nights at 9 to 10 p.m. and listen to Downtown Funk with Sammy the Bull playing all the top hits, top grooves, obscure funk from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. So if you want to get your groove on and reminisce, or if you want to feel like it was back in the day, tune in on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Hi, I'm Tony Wilson, host of Roots and Branches on Sunday afternoons from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. here on KZSM.org. I play all kinds of music from Texas and beyond. So join me on Sundays at 2 on KZSM.org, San Marcos' true community radio station. You're listening to KZSM.org. This is The Wiz, Final Confessions, coming to you every Monday night. New time, 10 o'clock until midnight. We still play all the best of vinyl records that we find every week just for you. All those scratches, hisses, and pops that tell you it's legitimate vinyl. You can hear it every week, kzsm.org. Thanks for tuning in. Wake up. Yes, it's how you win the game. 
Thanks so much. Thanks for, so much for joining me here on Soul Sanctuary. Apparently, I'm speaking very quickly. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous. It's my very first time being in the studio all by myself. And so I think uh, a little bit of my cheerleader nerves took over. I used to do that when I was in high school and cheering. I would rush the words when I was nervous. I didn't realize that was happening until like I looked down and I'm like, mostly through all the notes for my show. And I'm like, how did I get through all of that in six minutes or whatever it was? But I guess we know why. So anyway, I was going really fast. All right. We're going to start kind of relating uh, the couple of things that we've talked about so far with the tarot. And um, look at, so, so for those of you who are studying it and are learning how to kind of uh, read and what the different uh, cards indicate and that kind of thing, uh, you'll probably get a lot out of hearing how they relate to the different things that we talked about the way that we talked about them tonight so when you're talking about the relationship with yourself uh the four most popular responses that i got about what card indicates a relationship with yourself or a good relationship with yourself a healthy one uh the first person responded with the magus and the magus is the first card in the major arcana um it's sometimes referred to as the magician and that card is all about communication. And so this person's understanding of your relationship with yourself is all about really good communication. And I kind of, I can relate to that uh, because it feels like the individuals that I've dealt with that have difficulty expressing themselves don't seem to have a whole lot of reality with themselves I, I guess is the best way to say that. It doesn't seem as though um, they're aware of themselves. Does that make sense? You know, you've been you've been around people who are self-aware before and people who are not self-aware. And I'm usually more uncomfortable around people who are, are, are not self-aware just because I am pick up on a lot of things and so I'll be constantly saying inappropriate things to them probably. <laughs> and if you're not uh, self aware or you know like or self-effacing I guess is the word I'm looking for it doesn't really go over very well so those those relationships don't work out well for me so I I don't not like the people it's just that I, I tend to kind of put my foot in my mouth when I'm around them because for me um one of the reasons I think that tarot works for me as a medium is because I can kind of see the difference between what someone's saying and what they mean. It's kind of like I see double vision and their words are here. And then there's the, an exact copy of them right next to them. That's nodding or shaking their head and telling me <laughs> whether or not what that person's saying is true or not. That's how I kind of perceive it. And because of that, because I know that I'm kind of hypersensitive to whether or not someone's actually telling me what they think I try not to set it up so I'm having conversations with people where they feel like they have to lie. I think that's one of the reasons why I've become more approachable because I want the truth. Like I don't care how ugly it is or how ugly you think that I'm going to think that it is. I would so much rather you tell me the truth than go through any kind of lengths to manipulate the situation or make yourself look better or whatever kind of stuff that you would attach to it. Um, because all I'm going to do is sift through it and get to the truth. <laughs> anyway, so if I can save time by you're just being in kind of forthright and open person in the first place, that's what I prefer. And and that kind of 
that attracts me. That's where I want to be. I want to be around people who don't have a problem admitting that their shadow is there, admitting when they, you know something came straight from ego, admitting that they said something kind of racist or did something kind of jerkish. <laughs> it's hard to get through this part without cussing. That's one of the uh, skills I'm developing here as a DJ radio host. Okay, so relationship with yourself. Uh, magician or high priestess. This person thinks that high priestess is also a card that could represent a relationship with yourself. And I think that's a really great one for the relationship with yourself because high priestess has a lot to do with intuition. Usually in most tarot decks, this is the deck, this is card number three in the major arcana. Usually that third card has something indicating into intuition. If there's a figure on the card, then there's like that radiating circles coming from the third eye position. But there's usually lots of rhythm and pattern like webbery web design like webs on the uh, cards because it all kind of indicates the super soul that everybody's kind of related to and also really points to the third eye and the high priestess is about a lot of cosmic energy being in touch with your third eye being in touch with your intuition and the the higher cosmos and if that is the frame through which you develop your relationship with your relationship with yourself I think that's fantastic because you have both you and then whatever higher power that you believe in and I think whenever you're trying to align yourself with a good deity um you've got to be putting out better vibes than if you're just trying to do something carnal I think it's always a great idea to go spiritual and see what's going on on a subconscious or a divine level so magician and high priestess that's great that's great for a relationship with yourself we went through those two so then the next person said for a relationship with yourself, the devil card. And for those of you who kind of have uh, that spookism going on or like a negative uh, association with the devil card, the devil card actually means to add some, can mean to add some humor to the situation. If it's inverted, it means you're taking things way too seriously. Like you've let all of the joy of life just fall out. And so now everything is a chore and it's really hard for you to find any balance. Like I think that's what inverted uh, the devil card means. Upside right, it really just means to have fun with what you're doing. I'm sure you've been through a work day when you were having fun all day and you've been through a work day when you were kind of just pulling yourself through it all day. And the cool news is, the, the good news and bad news at the same time is that it's completely your choice. The day that you had that was great and fun all day, you chose that. And the day that you had that was miserable and every second felt like an hour, you chose that too. And the reason that's good news is because you can just keep choosing the good one. If you want to, it might be important if you have right now a tendency to pick the bad one, to pick to see everything negatively and experience everything negatively, see what's up for you that needs to be healed. Because I wouldn't believe that if you can travel across the solar systems which I think that you can and decide to come to this planet which I think that you can that you would do that to sit there and be miserable and eat pizza all day and <laughs> just be gross <laughs> not that pizza's gross but if you eat pizza all day you'd be gross and so maybe look at why is everything bothering me I have some kind of an irritated set point sit down with yourself so you can work through it get a tarot reading is a great way go to the metaphysical fair get any kind of reading and have someone kind of help guide you through what's going on, what's in your energy body that's preventing you from enjoying 
uh, life when you pull that devil card, when you associate that devil card with knowing yourself. And then the other card that this person has with the relationship with yourself was the reversed art card. And I don't know how that relates. <laughs> I don't get that one. I don't get, I don't get how that connects. If you see that maybe clearer than me, I mean, I can kind of understand it, but I don't know how I would illustrate it in words. Um, the number here is 512-986-9430. Help a sister out. If you see it, if you can see how that relates to having a good relationship with yourself, uh, please let me know. I think that would be a bad relationship with yourself because inverted art in my deck is about imbalance. And so I don't know how like attracting imbalance is helpful, but whatever. We all have different, you know, we see things differently. And then the one I actually wrote back to and kind of had a conversation with the person who put that the relationship with yourself is much like the moon card. And if you've had a reading with me and gotten the moon card, or even if you haven't, I usually mention that I think that the moon card is one of the most intimidating cards in the deck. And that's because it pre presents the idea that everything that you want is possible and you can have it, but the margin of error is so little that you can't afford to make one single solitary mistake. And the reason that's intimidating to me is because I have this belief that I'm clumsy. And so I need a margin of error <laughs> every time, everywhere I go. I need there to be a nice wide berth as much as I can. I make that a reality. And maybe that's because, you know, my nickname when I was little was Boomer because I used to go and knock down my sister's blocks and stuff. I mean, when I was baby. So. And so maybe like I just have this, maybe the idea that I'm clumsy isn't even true, but it's a belief that I have. And so when I hear things like, uh, you have one chance to do this thing. <laughs> you can't mess it up. I get really intimidated and really uncomfortable and don't want to do whatever it is. I'd like to take the next elevator or do the next test or whatever thing is going to get me out of kind of the restriction of not being able to make a mistake. It's like I and and, and in addition to um, in addition to feeling like I'm clumsy, um, one thing that my both of my parents did was when we made a mistake, we didn't get in trouble. If we spilled something and it was a mistake, we had to clean it up, but we didn't get in trouble for mistakes. They were both really good. I, I have to say I honor both of my parents for that so much. They were both really excellent at making sure that we didn't feel bad about a mistake because everybody makes mistakes. Now, we did something on purpose that was jerkish. We got in a lot of, <laughs> we got in a lot of trouble. But I love that they didn't kind of scare trying out of us by honoring that if something was a mistake, we didn't get in trouble. And I try to do that with my kids. I hope that I hope I'm successful. We'll see. Good 20 years. <laughs> It'll come out. Uh, so then the next kind of part that we're talking about was ready for love. And for the ready for love kind of category, most people, at least six people said the two of cups and the two of cups in most decks is the love card. And it's about balance and good relationships. If you do any numerology, you know that two has a whole lot to do with balance um, on the two of discs card that um, usually has the infinity symbol. So it's about continual change, but balance change and back to equilibrium and then back to equilibrium again and back to equilibrium again. And I see why that two of cups makes sense uh, because it is about like relationships and um, mine in, in my thoughts deck, it actually says love. And so for it to be a love card, that makes a whole lot of sense. I know that when I'm doing relationship spread, when the love card comes out, everybody's happy. <laughs> it makes everybody 
really glad to know that the energy for love is in that relationship because isn't that what we're all looking for or what else is there in relationships, right? Uh, other cards that were put there is the Ace of Cups, which is about overflowing emotion, overflowing positive emotion. That's a great one to kind of have in the category of ready for love, whether or not you're ready for love. If you have the Ace of Cups and you are ready to kind of experience this overflowing, radiating passion and love, uh, I think that's a great for it, place for it to be. And then the other one is the Star, which is a major arcana card. And this card, often people will say, when you wish upon a star, is the star card. Because it's all about dreaming big. And that right now, or whenever you pull that card, there's a good amount of uh, good luck on your side. And you have a really good chance of getting whatever it is that you want. And so that's a great thing for this, for ready for love. If you pull a star card, if you're trying to figure out whether or not you're ready for love, that means like the perfect one for you is available. You just got to open your eyes and find them or meet them, depending on what the other cards say. So that's kind of what we kind of got from this group about those two types of the relationship question. Um, I think we'll go in and dig what the other group said with similar questions right after the break. Uh, thanks for hanging with me today uh, for Soul Sanctuary, guys. See you on the other side. Roots and Branches comes to you every Sunday at 2 p.m. here on kzsm.org. I'm your host, Tony Wilson, and for two hours, I play music from Texas and beyond. So join me for a trip through the amazing world of music on Roots and Branches, kzsm.org, every Sunday at 2 p.m. Log on and listen. It's just that easy. Hi there. I have a question for you. Does music make you tap your toes, or does music soothe you? Come join me at kzsm.org at the Celtic Corner every Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m. and see if the music that I play for you soothes you or makes you tap your toes. See you then. What do you plan on doing this Friday night? Yeah, me either. How about we spend it together? Fridays, 8 to 10 here on kzsm.org. I'll help you relax and let go of the week and, and play you some music, introduce you to some people, uh, new friends, right here at kzsm.org, San Marcos, Texas. Fabulous, everybody. We're back on the other side. So this is our last kind of quarter hour. Well, not kind of, exactly. <laughs> A quarter hour soul sanctuary for the week. Uh, I'm hoping that not every, everybody's not just now joining because they're looking for us to come on at eight uh, for the last two weeks. I guess this will be the third time we're at seven o'clock now. So I hope everybody's gotten kind of the memo and is able to join us at seven and kind of hear the whole show. If you don't, if you miss it, you know, I upload it on anchor.fm. Uh, usually within about 48 hours of the show. So you can look for a post on the Facebook page, which is, what is it? Soul Sanctuary KZSM. Uh, and then you can find a link to go listen to the whole show if you missed any parts of it. Uh, also, it does play an encore format here at KZSM uh, on Thursday mornings and Sunday mornings and on one day at 10 p.m., but I'm not sure which day. <laughs> anyway. Hopefully you're here now, and so I'm preaching to the choir, and you don't have to go re-listen to it. So we were, um, we dug through, kind of we talked about crows earlier, and then two different parts of relationships, and I was talking to you about how some people who work with cards kind of feel about what cards have to do with what these individual topics are. 
And um, another group that I talked to had some really interesting answers. Uh, This one person in the relationship with yourself, they put the magus, which we discussed. They put lust. Lust is strength plus passion. And that's a great card to have for your relationship with yourself. Um, They also put art, not reverse, but upside right art, which makes sense to me. And the moon, we talked about that in this position. And all the nines in the minors, which is funny. There's four nines in the minors, just like there's four suits of cards, suits in a regular deck of cards. In tarot, there's four suits also. Um, In my deck, those four suits are discs, cups, swords, and wands. And so whatever deck of tarot um, you're working with, um, it's going to have probably four different suits and then the major arcana. With the four different suits, there's going to be one that is similar to or represents earth, which will be like the discs or pentacles. There'll be one that represents water, which is like cups in my deck. Um, In another deck, it's a sea, but it has something to do with water because that's elementals, right? And then there's one that has to do with fire or wands. Um, And the two decks that I've mostly worked with have one is called fire, one called wand. So that's that fire element and then swords or air or something that has to do with the air element is what you'll find as the last one. And so this person thinks like every single night, it must be someone who's into numerology because their feeling is that every single nine card has to do with loving yourself. And when I think about nine of cups is happiness, which is fantastic. Um, one of the nines I think is a little bit more intimidating. I think it's the nine of swords. Um, but that's interesting because they feel like that is a position where self-evaluation, self-love is, is in that nines position. So that's in, that might be something you want to look into in numerology if, uh, if you find that interesting. And then on the other side, we get to the ready for love part. What do people think about the cards that are associated with that? And what we came up with is that two of discs is really strong. Like it's about mm, 90% of the people who answered the question said two of discs is definitely what we have for that kind of relationship with yourself or I'm sorry if you're ready for love and then she also puts the three of cups and that's interesting I like that I love the three of cups card actually because the three of cups card in my deck is all about abundance and the idea of abundance is really alluring to me I have several different scarcity complexes <laughs> some of it's natural from being a kid of divorce and uh, some of it I developed all by myself but I have lots of different and I think some of it might have to do with being a Taurus too because you know if you notice uh, not a lot of people mess with with the bull's stuff <laughs> I kind of leave him with his own stuff and uh, maybe that is why as well but I know it's true uh, currently that I have several different kind of identity if that's the way that is said to scarcity and I pick up on it and I notice it and I deal with it a lot with my shadow and so the the three of cups which is the abundance card is the opposite of that and it's great for me to remember that there's always going to be enough for everybody and the reason why it's true that the universe has so much abundance is because we don't all want the same thing You don't want to sit there and study a book and learn what 78 different tarot cards mean, (laughs) those of you who aren't into it. So that's why there's enough for everybody. There's enough for me and everybody who feels like doing that. And there's enough for you and everybody who feels like doing what you want to do if you just go for it. Try not to let that scarcity give you a reason to not do it. I saw a meme uh, that said, 
what if Rihanna didn't do a makeup line because everybody was doing makeup lines? We all know Rihanna's makeup line is Fenty because it's fantastic. She came and smashed markets after there was everybody doing makeup lines. After she was already famous, she smashed it. There's abundance. There's enough for everybody. So it's important if you know what your thing is to do your thing and remember that there's enough for you too. Yours didn't get taken by anybody. So that three of cups and ready for love. And then this person has three of discs, which is an interesting card for this idea because the three of discs is all about a list of tasks. These different things that you need to get done in order to go from a murky situation to a very clear situation. And a lot of times the symbology on the three of discs is pyramids, different types of angles of the pyramids. Mine is a pyramid in the Thoth deck. And that has to do with the different angles, the different way that you see things. And all the ta think about all the tasks it took to make the pyramids. There was probably a couple. <laughs> and so uh, that's interesting for, to have for ready for love. And then this, both of the people that I'm looking at now both said the Empress for Ready for Love. And the Empress card is really about self-nurturing. That's when you're really taking care of yourself really well. Like you've got your weight within reason of where it should be. You drink enough water. You're taking care of your carnal self, you know. Uh, you've found an expressive, uh, a creative outlet. And so when you do have those frustrations and stuff, you don't carry them around. You have some beautiful, if you have some, find some beautiful way to express it, especially if you found some way to express it that could like be profitable for you. That's even better. But you've done that work. You've gone in and kind of worked with that. Um, that's all the, the Empress card is about taking care of yourself. That extra time that you take for yourself in the morning, you know, when you lock yourself in the laundry room and have a cup of coffee because the kids are out there screaming. Not that uh, I might've wandered off. <laughs> Back to this. The other person also has the star for Ready for Love. And we talked about how that's good because you could like, you know, dream up or imagine or create and then attract your perfect person. And then the Ace of Cups and the Nine of Cups. So as far as that Ready for Love part, I do want to go dig into the whole attracting the right person for a second. Because I had a really powerful tool that worked for me with that. And I, I would love it if you tried it and then let me know what happens. So after uh, the divorce, when I decided I was ready to go back in, <laughs> go back, put me in coach, I was ready to go back in and try relationships again. Uh, I sat down and I think it was because I watched two can play that game with Vivica Fox, I think. And she had made a hymn list or somebody on that movie made a hymn list. And so him uh, H I M is what I'm saying. I sat down and made a list of everything that I wanted in the next person I wanted to attract in my life. I started with six foot <laughs> and then I went through and put really petty stuff like pretty eyes and really uh, difficult stuff like strong but not cruel. And I knew even as I was writing that part, I knew that there's only a very select few people in the world who are strong but not cruel. It's hard to get that and testosterone at the same time. That's a difficult combination. But I left it on there and I was like, I'll just be by myself until it happens because that's what I need. I know that's what I need. I know that's what I want. And really within a relatively short period of time, I, I think I remember it as 30 days. Within 30 days, within 30 days, he walked in to my life. And the funny thing is that we'd been working together for years, uh, but we just never ran into each other. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. 
Um, and so for those people who are like really, really feel like they're ready for this and for whatever reason, they're not attracting or seeing, maybe not aware of whoever it is that they want, really focus your effort, write down everything you want. If you can like put together a Frankenstein person with different magazine pieces, <laughs> you could do that so that you can kind of get the vision in your head of what it is you want. And then on my, on the back of my hymn list, I put nots, what cannot happen. And I said, this, he can't have this. He can't have any abusiveness in him. He can't have any, you know, uh, Napoleon complex in him. He can't have these different things, <laughs> these different things. And I wrote down everything that he can have and everything that he can't have. And within that short period of time that I said, uh, that's when I met him. So, uh, for those of you who have kind of lost hope, know that there is abundance. There's one for you too. Nobody has yours. And believe me, he probably doesn't belong to somebody else. Let's get out of those relationships. So take the time with yourself, a cup of coffee, open up your journal and just kind of go crazy with what is it that you want? What is it that you don't want? And try to figure it out and write that down. So that's how I did it. <laughs> Hopefully that'll work for you too. Uh, and so then the last little part, uh, when we're talking about what is represented by imbalanced relationship, what's an imbalanced relationship and the cards that most came up was the three of swords. And if you pulled this card, the three of swords is all about a three sided relationship. And that would definitely be imbalanced, especially if the three parties didn't know that they were in a three sided relationship. And so that's where we start getting into kind of the relationships that we don't want to kind of pull. And I think next week I'll go a little bit more into detail about kind trying to not attract on the negative side or trying to not attract uh, where you'll get too much of an energy that you're not able to deal with. Um, but the good news is to remember that this isn't brand new. You have attracted every single person that you've been with so far. So you know that you have the ability to attract. It's about attracting on purpose this time, though, instead of tr attracting by default and still working out that same thing that you've been working on in th with the same person in a different skin, you know, seven different times. If you take the time to heal that thing prior to your next relationship, then you get to attract somebody else. Then you get to see somebody else. And wouldn't it be cool to learn a different thing this time? So hopefully you'll take that and kind of get courageous about uh, kind of getting outside of your comfort zone. Uh, if you are studying tarot, you can go look at those cards and see how you think that they relate. Um, and if not, hopefully you found some gem on here that you can use and that's helpful to you. Please write me and let me know. I'd love your feedback. Your feedback is golden to me. I would really appreciate it. Um, and I'll be back next Monday at seven. Uh, we'll get to, uh, to, of the other aspects of relationships and hopefully a bit, hopefully by then I'll have some questions uh, and we'll go into those and then we can do some either live readings or whatever comes next after that but we'll get through all of the stuff about relationships here uh, between the next uh, between yeah, next week and the week after probably um, I'm really glad that you guys joined me for Soul Sanctuary and I will see you next week